You know, um, I've been thinking a lot about my childhood recently because of having to be with the boys. Uh, you know, as you know, I have two amazing young men um, that uh, I've been blessed to spend life time with and do life with. And they were asking me um, about. And my they have been blessed, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. It's a privilege to be with those boys. And they asked me, they've been asking me a lot about my childhood. And so I've been thinking a whole lot about it. And, um, you know, first of all, I had an, an amazing childhood. I had an uh, amazing set of parents um, that they, of course, they did the best they could. But uh, monetarily or, you know, in the outside, we were probably not um, doing great, but they didn't know any different. But inside the home, um it was incredibly awesome to be home. So I've thought uh, about what uh, one of my best memories um, of uh, being uh, my childhood. And I think it was picking coffee beans from the crack on the patios that we roast, we dried our coffee. And I was thinking, why would I say that that was probably my favorite uh, memory? And I remember having, that was my job, um, my and my brother and my sister and the rest of the kids at the farm, was after we would, at the end of the day, we would um, have this uh, concrete patios where we would dry the coffee during the day. And at the end of the day, you would have to collect it and put plastic over it. And that would be so that it wouldn't get wet for the from the dew of the night and all that stuff, right? Or if in rain, whatever. But my Grandfather was so specific that he would make us go through the cracks of that concrete and pick every single bean out of there and pick it out and put it in the pile. And uh, I've been thinking, why would that be so? Um, why would that be so burned in my heart? And I find myself now that I'm uh, that I'm at the roastery sometimes, and I accidentally drop some beans. I find myself picking them up just exactly in the same way. Um, and I think it just showed me the appreciation of having a chance to work, the appreciation of being able to do something for yourself and for others. And so um, I said that for that reason, that moment in my life has to rank as one of my top favorite memories of my childhood. That is absolutely wonderful. I mean, I don't know how we're going to top this with any of the other <laughs> interviews that I do. <laughs> this this was really good, and and how fitting, right? For for right. that for for that for that memory, and for what you're doing now. I mean, it comes all the way full circle with your boys and your family, right. and what you're doing, and what your mm -hmm. obsession on everything that you do, which we're going to get into. So let's segue into that to put things into context for people that have never heard of Giovanni Leva. Who are you? Where are you? What are you, what are you? What are you working on? What's your project? So I'm originally born and raised in Guatemala. Uh, Guatemala in, it's in Central America. And uh, it's a beautiful country uh, in Central America. Of course, I came to the United States when I was 18 years old. And I came to America on a private scholarship to go to school. When I came, um, I didn't know any English or 
um, didn't have uh, um, a specific route that I was going to take. I just knew I wanted to go to school, learn English, and learn do something with computers. So I ended up doing that. And um, but first of all, I come from a from a coffee growing family. We've been growing coffee for over a hundred years. Um, so. I was able to talk to my grandmother a couple uh, weeks ago, back in February, when before all this craziness uh, went on, and she was able to give me a better idea how long we've been growing coffee as a family. So I've uh, grew up growing coffee in Guatemala, and that's what we did. And so I went to uh, uh, learn English, went to school, and uh, became a computer programmer. But I never forgot. Um, my roots, and I never forgot uh, the people were uh, that really um, were dear to my heart, and sort of people of Guatemala, and especially this village in Guatemala. So, um, after programming for 14 years or so, I realized that um, I needed to do something that would um, be able to to get uh, my village, my family, my village, and my extended family out of poverty. Um, and that was by disrupting the disconnection to opportunities that they had. And so today I find myself in Little Rock, Arkansas, um, roasting their beans, uh, bringing all their coffee from that village to Little Rock, Arkansas, hand roasting it and distributing it to uh, the entire United States uh, via online, uh, via an, an online business. So. If you were to ask me um, what's my title or what what I do, I simply say that I'm a coffee farmer that is trying to disrupt the coffee industry. And I um, love that. And that's that, what is, I, <laughs> that is great. Thank you. That's what I wake up to every morning. Um, and I wake up to the excitement of knowing that I am trying to achieve something that is way beyond me, uh, but has... Uh, meaningful impact locally and globally. So that's what I get to do. Wow. Again, I don't know how we're going to top it, but uh, that that's that's a fabulous introduction. And I, since I know just a tad bit about you, since we've been friends for quite some time, and I'm blessed mm-hmm. to know you, and I thank you for your friendship, you, you started at school here in Little Rock. So you've been in Little Rock the entire time. Right. Right. So, Correct. Um, and you were lucky enough to find your the love of your life. Yes. Right before you were about to return to Guatemala, as I recall, right? It was like your last semester or something in school and you were going to go to Guatemala? Yes. Yeah, so my, my whole thought was come to America, learn English, learn um, programming, or uh, get a degree. And programming has always been a fascination of mine, and I think it's going to be dear to my heart until the day I die. I love uh, technology, and I love all this stuff. Um, and so my idea was get education. And my entire family, my mom, dad, brother, sister, everybody lives in Guatemala. So I was like, this is this is ridiculous. I want to go back home. I mean, this is just... Um, as soon as I get my education, I go back. And... I was going to start some sort of business that would allow um, uh, pastors in Guatemala to get access to education and to get access to technology. That was my idea. I was like, if I can do that, I would just, which by the way, 
is still dear to my heart and I would accomplish that. I will get that done. Um, that is still a mission of my heart and I will not let that, uh, that flame go to, go dark. Yeah, but that last semester is the first week of the last semester and I meet my wife, um, at school and, uh, Immediately, it was one of those things that I saw this beautiful American girl walking by, and I went, oh, boy, <laughs> this is uh, trouble right here, because my, 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 all my plans crumble within seconds, right? So, and thankfully, right? Anyway, thankfully. exactly. Thankfully, they were great. Yeah. And so... Well, I, yeah, I wanted you to tell that, because uh, <laughs> I, I knew it was there. Yeah, I know. So it's been awesome. And we've been married for uh, 19 years. And have two beautiful, two, like I said, two amazing young boys. One is uh, 12 and the other one's 10 years old, Ethan and Elijah. Yeah, they're wonderful. Your entire family is wonderful. So um, we're, you, met, you referenced it earlier. We're in this... Uh, kind of strange spot right global pandemic we've it's we've been into it and as we record this we've been into it for a good month here in the united states and um we're we're obviously we're on tilt things are topsy-turvy upside down however you want to describe it what new opportunities do you have now that you didn't have a month ago before this all started hmm well that's uh that's a heavy one I'll make um, it better. Yeah. What opportunities do I have that I didn't have before the epidemic? I think that one of the best, um, one of the best things that has happened, uh, to me personally and to, um, to our family has been the ability to, uh, see how much, um, we really enjoy being with each other and how much we appreciate um, the opportunity of being able to spend time with each other. Uh, but at the same time, knowing that our life here is impacting people across the globe. And I have never seen, um, of course, none of us have seen like what we've seen today, that my family, who is 2,000 plus miles away, is experiencing the exact same thing that I'm experiencing here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah. That has been quite uh, different to kind of grasp. Uh, when I talk to my friends in Mexico, I talk to my friends in South Africa, talk to my friends in other parts of the world, they're on the same boat. And yeah. this is this has been um, has been quite interesting. So the opportunity that I've had now um, as a company and as individual and everything is to realize that this time is a time for opportunity for rebirth. You know, so I'm, I'm rebirthing, um, I'm rebirthing my company, I'm rebirthing me personally, I'm rebirthing my goals, my expectations, uh, because we're going to get out of here. This is here and we don't know when, we don't know how long, but what we do know is that we're going to get out of here. And whoever comes out of here, um, 
comes on the other side, we're all going to be stronger because what doesn't kill us makes us stronger anyways. And yeah. so that's yeah. my thought. My thought is, is okay, so we stop at the house. We stopped calling it epidemic. We start calling it crazy time. We started calling it the opportunity time. Um, so this is oh, the opportunity that. for us to get better. This is the opportunity for us to get smarter. This is the opportunity for us to invest in our kids' education and our kids' future. This is the opportunity to rebirth our company to take it to the next level. It, it's, so, the oppor- it's the opportunity for us to learn that new math with our children. Yes, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is driving me crazy because I turned into the math uh, teacher. So. Oh, that is so wonderful. Okay, um, how about sharing what you th- what you uh, would characterize as one of your greatest successes? Hmm. I think the hmm. uh, one of my greatest success. Probably one of my greatest success is to have been present at this moment when this single mom at the farm saw her house that we built. And you've told, you've told me this her. story, and I, this is I'm glad you said this. Yeah, I think if I was able to. If I was able to um, to say, hey, um, there is uh, success um, in something, is to um, have heard her tell the story of how she longed to have a house, but she couldn't, and that she was standing in the middle of it after I had... Um, felt like I needed to build her a house or find a way to build her a house. I didn't physically build her a house, but I was able to put a team of guys from Little Rock through my church that were able to build her a house. And being there physically in that moment to see that woman be able to breathe the way she did probably uh, will rank as one of my top success moments in the company. And what I've done so far in the that's past fabulous. ten years. Yeah, that's fabulous. No, no, absolutely. No. Thank you so much for that. That's very inspirational. Okay, so now let's switch the other direction and let's go to the challenge side. What what's been one of your greatest challenges and how have you overcome it? So I think that um you know, that, again, that's another another um, heavy question, and, and I'm glad that, uh, that you've asked because I've asked it of myself. Um, I've been asking it for uh, of myself for the past nine months, almost on a daily basis, and trying to just pinpoint what's um, because one of the things that one of my strengths is once I find a problem, I am um, very I love finding solutions but I got to understand the problem. So so I would say that one of my biggest challenges is my inability to communicate well. Um, and, uh, and not so much that I don't fully understand the language, 
but so much as to how to communicate what's in my heart and what's in my, in my mind to a level that the listener can understand. So um, because of that, I realized that it wasn't so much the lack of material or the lack of ideas or the lack of content, but rather the way that I was going about communicating. And so uh, I figured that the way you uh, are able to communicate is you have to learn to listen. And so with that concept, then I started, what I started doing is I started investing a lot of time on listening either to books, podcasts, um, or online uh, videos, whatever, but also reading a whole lot. So I've changed my morning routine uh, for the past nine months. Now I get up at 5 a.m. I read for about an hour, an hour and a half. I read different books. I read, of course, the Bible because that's my guiding source. And I meditate and I'm also uh, journaling. Then I found that those things have allowed me to kind of calm my mind so that I can organize the thoughts so that I can communicate better. And so um, I think that that's been one of my biggest challenges. And that's how I'm going about trying to, um, I'm new to this. I'm new. I have no idea whether or not <laughs> how this is going to turn out, but I'm actually in the middle of that. We try to fix and try to overcome that challenge. No, this, this is, this couldn't be more uh, timely uh, for me because uh, I was just introduced to a book not long ago. Um, called Lead Yourself First. And it is about, yeah, it is about, about this idea that you're talking about. It's about, it's about solitude and taking time out to be, to be quiet and think and learn and, you know, just reflect on things. And mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm only in chapter three, but it's a, it's a great book and it would, it, it's exactly what you're just talking about. I'll send it over to you, but yeah, it's, it's called lead yourself first. And, um, the, the chapter that I just finished was about Dwight D Eisenhower, who is a famous mm -hmm. president of the United States, who, uh, also, uh, happened to be, uh, the leader of our military troops in world war two. And it, and, mm -hmm. it, and it reflected on his ability to reflect and he would, he would journal, he would write down, mm -hmm. he would take time out to go and write things mm -hmm. down by himself and reflect upon them. And that's how he made some of these monumental decisions that he had to make. Like, you know, what, wow. when, when to go, you know, when to launch the D-Day, you know, the, the invasion of Normandy and all that stuff, you know, it's, it's amazing. So couldn't be more. I read so much about that is the power of, of, Emptying your mind is so important in order to refill your mind. Um, yeah. And I think that whole concept just fascinates me so much that it's lately it just overtakes my God. Wow, um, there's just so much more I could give if I just learned to manage myself. 
Well, what a fat, fat, fabulous insight there uh, and inspiration. So let's travel back in time to that time when probably right about the time you were coming here for the first time when you were 18. What advice mm-hmm. would you give to that 18-year-old now that you know what you know? Hmm. What advice would I give to my <laughs> Don't be scared, be courageous. Be fearless and uh but uh be hung humble but yet be hungry. Um I would tell him to yes, um seize the opportunity with everything he had and not um ever look at himself lower than anybody else because he doesn't look, he doesn't sound, or he doesn't act like anyone. I think that that was my biggest, um, my biggest hold up when I was 18 years old because simply I had just the clothes on my back, my parents' life savings of $20, and a bucket full of dreams, but I didn't know the English, the language, and I was in a world that I thought it was unachievable. And so the amazingness of the dream took over me, and I was like a deer in a headlight, <laughs> like a deer in a headlight, just shocked that I was actually living it. Yeah. And so um, I think that the, what I would tell him is be humble. Absolutely nothing wrong with being humble. But I would say be fearless and be hungry and never settle or, okay, always go for great. I love never settle. It's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Boy, great, great advice. And, you know, what's interesting is that you, I I don't know about you, but when when I told the story about what advice I would give my younger self, it's the same advice I'd give myself today. Yeah, absolutely. And probably the same advice I'll give myself in 10 more years if I'm <laughs> exactly. lucky, not lucky enough to be here. Yeah. Um, can you recommend one thing, a, a book, a podcast, a, a, anything uh, that that would um, help us level up in some way? Mm. You know, I have, um, I'm actually going to have to look at my... Um, my uh, library of books now that I have that just happen to be an audible, which by the way, that's greatest thing ever. Oh, um, yeah. The, 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 that, that was the home run, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's yeah, really opened up reading to me again. Yeah. It's open up reading and just open up, just soaking information. I think the biggest thing about uh, the ability of audible is just being able to soak yourself. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, because not so much. I, I, I do, you know, I do that. I mix that solitude. So I go for, as you mm-hmm. know, I go for runs and I listen mm-hmm. to books on runs. And it's my favorite. In fact, I, oft, I often find myself going for the run, not because I really don't want to go for the run, but I want to read. So I do my best reading when I'm running and I'm usually by myself. Obviously, you can't have a conversation and read. Well, at least I can't. Um, and it's just the greatest thing ever. And then if I really, I don't know about you. Do you do you actually buy the physical book too? Sometimes I, I buy them. Well, you, I buy some of them. 
Yes, I started doing that, and uh, I've game changer. I've been like, okay, this is the way I go from now. It's just absolutely the best way to go about it. Um, So that's what I do now, and I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, The only um, the only problem that I've run into is that I'm used to hearing it. You know, and so I'm like, uh, you know, so yeah. I don't want to get used to it. Right. But Any, there's a you can book. Recommend? Yes, there's a book that I, uh, I'm actually just that I've read about three times now. Um, and I'm going through it one more time. Um, it's called Atomic Habits. Oh, yeah. Because one of the one. things about it, <laughs> one of the things about it is, you know, you choose your habits and then, and then they make you, you know, uh, once you choose your habits and once you set your habits, they ended up carving you, uh, um, you ended up being carved out of those habits. Um, and so that's why I love that book and I've been recommending that book left and right. And I, I don't think the, the ability and, and the whole idea of habit formation, that's, it's, it's so old and it's been around forever. I think just the way he's, he is putting it in the system that he puts in place, the one that has really fascinated me. That's a great recommendation. So def- mm-hmm. That's a great one. Thank you for that. Okay. One final question. So, Again, referencing the world we're in at the moment, which is totally tilted, chaotic, upside down in some cases. So if you could send the world an email and everyone would read it, Mm -hmm. what would you write to those people? I would, uh, oh my gosh, man, these questions are awesome. I'm kind of glad I didn't see this question. (laughs) I probably would have gone in these rabbit trails for hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. What would it tell the world? I would probably tell the world that, um, first of all, our life is so short. Um, we have no control over anything whatsoever. And, but at the same time, to continue living in the present and in light of the future, because this will pass. And, the, and hope is the only thing, um, that is going to get us out of this. And that is hope of humanity and hope of pure love for each other. Um, and I think we've realized that, uh, Although we, we are, uh, we didn't feel like, you know, a lot of times technology had kind of, kind of pushes away from being aware of the being each other close to each other physically. I think, uh, we've realized that there's so much synergy that we get from that. And so the hope, uh, and the, and the hope in humanity is really what's going to get us out of here. And, um, we were born for this. Um, every, every civilization and every people group have had a challenge, challenging time. And so I think we're all going to get out of this, uh, much better in a much better version if we are purposeful about it. But if we sit and we wait and we waste, um, 
you're always going to get whatever you feed, whatever, because whatever you feed grows. And so I would say that continue hoping, live in the present, and then light of the future. Wow, that's fabulous. Thank you for sharing that wisdom, that advice. Thank you. So, and thank you so much for being here. Uh, you, you've made my, as always, you've made my day, probably made my whole week. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really fortunate to, to know you and to, to call you as a thank friend. You, it's, uh, it's great. So thanks again, Giovanni Leva, for being here and for, for producing what I consider the world's finest coffee. And um, <laughs> there's a big link to that, obviously, in the, in the, uh, in the title there you can just look it up but keep keep spreading your love brother we appreciate thank it thank you bro thanks and so I appreciate much you and i'm uh, appreciate it a lot